0: Man, This morning we're going to talk about why we need a Savior and what that means. We're following the road to resurrection and we're talking about the miracles that Jesus did on his way to the cross and to resurrection. We'll be in John chapter 5 this morning. Let's all stand and honor God's word. We're going to read the first 15 verses here. This is uh, the healing at the pool let's read this together. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes. It can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Beginning with verse 1, chapter 5, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast of the Jews. Now, there is sir the invalid invalid replied i have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while i am still trying to get in someone else goes down ahead of me then jesus said to him get up pick up your mat and walk at once the man was cured he picked up his mat and walked the day on which this took place was the sabbath and so the jews said to the man who had been healed is it 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 is it is the sabbath the law forbids you to carry your mat i think this is so funny you know he just got healed but they don't see that they still identify him by the way he used to be and they're upset because he's carrying his bed but he replied the man who made me well said to me pick up your mat and walk so they asked him who is this fellow who told you to pick up pick it up and walk they're mad at jesus because he made him pick up his mat completely forgot that the guy was lame completely The man who was healed had no idea who he was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you that because of our Savior, we do not have to be identified with the sin that used to be in our life. You give us new identity, you make us whole, you make us new. And Father, today I pray that if there's anyone here today who is identified because of their sin and that is their life and that is what, what they see every morning and every night, I pray today that you would come, give them the courage to come to you and get a new identity in Christ today with no more excuses for the sin in our life. And Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that you would move on us and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to kind of see this picture here. There's the pools, the places where uh, you can get into the water and there's porches and there's colonnades and there's all sorts of sick people everywhere. I don't know about you, but it's not really all that... I don't like to be around people when they're sick. I don't know, about maybe you enjoy that, but I don't enjoy it so much. But this is a place that would, you would think would be really, really nice, and there's pools here and pools there, and, and there's places where there's some covering and things like that. And everywhere you look, there's sick people. And I want you to understand that in this, that there's no mention of their names or anything like that. They're just simply identified as sick. That's how the world sees them the world looks at them and says lame blind paralyzed cripple And that's how they're identified. That is their identity Now some of you may have a bible where in in the first few verses there It talks about that the that the pool would be stirred and that the angels would come and stir the pool And and there was a belief that if you were the first one into the pool that you would be healed And some manuscripts have that but most of them don't and there is a belief that that was just put in there to to show th- what the belief was but most Bible scholars don't believe that that was really what happened but they do believe that most people thought that's what happened now there's different there's different verses and different and I'm not trying to say one way or the other what I think uh, But nowhere else in scripture does it talk about this like that would be true And whatever has happened though, there is one thing that you can be sure of Whatever this guy believes It's not working What he's been trying to do for all these years is not working It's not helping him What he has put his hope in is not helping him and so you have this great number of people who have placed their hope on something that most people think was really superstition and it wasn't working. And it doesn't mention their names, but like I said, that was their identity. Their disease had become their identity. And we've talked about identity before and our identity should be in Christ where that's all people see is our identity in Christ. But sometimes we let the world identify us we let our sin identify us we let our 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 looks identify us in the world we live in you're identified as short or tall or fat or skinny or beautiful or ugly or rich or poor or dumb or smart or whatever and after a while the world we sometimes we let the world put the identity of us and say what our identity is And sometimes after you've heard that for so long, you just kind of think, well, that must be who I am. Sometimes we let sin be our identity. Sometimes we become, we start out and we lie and we just begin to keep lying until we become a liar. Or we uh, have a, a habit or, a, or a, uh, uh, something uh, that, that has a hold of us. We're an alcoholic or we're a drug addict or whatever it is. And we become identified by that. And that's the first peop- thing people sees in us. And after a while, we just start believing it too. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. I'm no longer what God would have me be, but I am the, my identity is this sin or my habit or whatever I am. And parents, we need to be very, very careful when we speak over our children, because if you speak something over them enough, that becomes their identity. If you call them foolish enough, they'll start believing they're foolish. If you call them dumb enough, they'll start believing they're dumb. If you start saying, well, you're just going to make a mess out of your life, and you keep saying that over and over and over, that becomes our identity. We need to be very careful what we speak when we speak those things. And this man's identity, it never says his name. His identity was he was an invalid. That's what he was known for. That's what the Bible says that he was. An invalid, his disease had become his identity but then jesus comes in and and it says that jesus learned about him jesus took time and 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 somehow talked to him and i want i want you to notice something here that jesus it said that jesus learned well how do you learn about someone you take time to get into their life and figure out who they are jesus had talked to this guy and i I often wonder i don't know about you but i wonder why didn't he just heal them all while he was there i don't know jesus doesn't heal everybody but this particular and i wonder if some of the people he tried to talk to and and they didn't want to talk to him they were just do you have anything that you can give me because that's what they were doing they were begging and some people he would maybe try to speak into their life and they said i don't do you have anything for me i I just want what you have i don't want anything else but maybe this guy there was something he saw in jesus that he wanted to maybe have a conversation and jesus learned about him jesus learned how do you learn about somebody you have to talk to him you have to take the time to ask him you have to take the time to say you know what happened to you how are you what is your name what is your disease how did this happen jesus took time to learn about this man and the truth is god calls us to do the same thing but we don't want to take the time to learn about people you know why because it takes time and it takes effort We would rather just come to church on Sunday morning and say, here's an altar. You come down here and pray and then go back in your seat and sit and just come every Sunday and you'll be okay. And if I don't have to bother with you, all the better. I know that's not everybody. That's kind of the sense that we have in churches. We'll just get them saved, and then if they'll just come to church, then everything will be all right. Word tells us that we need to learn. And we are such a social people, but we really don't know people, do we? We can learn and talk to people on the Facebook and text them and and we are more connected than we have ever been in our whole lives and we are more disconnected than we have ever been in our whole lives because social media and talking like that does not bring community. I'm not saying it's bad bad it is well, it can be. But here's the deal. We are social people god has created us for community and just social media is not community okay god seeks for us to get down and 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 talk face to face with people to go through life together to pray together to learn and jesus learned who this guy was who do you work with that you need to know that you need to learn something about who do you live with that you need to learn you know you can live with a woman or live with a man or you shouldn't live with them you should be married okay you can be married to somebody and not really know them there's gobs of parents who who have kids in their homes that they don't really know you know you ought to be learning about your kids and know who they are God calls us to that who do you go to school with that you don't know Maybe if we would learn about people, we might be able to, to have a better chance of, of pointing them in the right direction. Maybe we should take time to listen, invest, and be a friend, be a father, a husband, a wife to each other. The Word says this man had no friends. He clearly states, I have no one. Wouldn't that be a terrible place to be? that would be a terrible place to be? I have no one no one i don't have anybody to help me i don't have anybody to help at all i'm unable to help myself how would you feel if you had no one most of us don't know what that feels like we have friends around or we have some family around but this guy says he has no one and like we do he had surrounded himself with more people that had no one because misery kind of likes company And here we have a whole group of people who probably had no one. And he had some sick people that could help him. But sick people can't help sick people. You notice that? When you're in the hospital and you're laying in bed, you don't ask the guy next to you to come and take care of you. You know why? Because he's sick. He can't. But that's what happens sometimes. We we get in a place and we're lost in sin and and we just gather around people that are like us and, and we all try to do the best we can to get out of it, but sick people can't help sick people. We are called, if God has come and changed our life, we are called to go out and to reach out and to try to help people out of sin. You can't be in sin and get out of sin by yourself. We have to have a Savior to come and help us. And he tells Jesus, I can't get any help. I can't do it. And what he's saying is, I can't save myself. Sin does that to all of us. It gets us in a place where we can't save ourselves. And we do the same thing this guy did. We go along looking for answers here and there, and we think that maybe if I, would just, if I could just make it in the pool, then everything would be all right. That's what his thought was. If I could just make it in the pool, then everything would be all right. And we do the same thing. If I just had more money, then everything would be all right. If I just had more likes on the Facebook, everything would be all right. Everybody makes fun of me for saying the Facebook. I want you to know I'm cutting edge. The first name of Facebook was the Facebook. Somebody talked him into dropping the, but I'm old school, so I'm staying with the way that it was, all right? If I just had more likes, if I just had a new car, then everything would be all right. If I just had a new truck or a new bass boat or a new home or a better job or a new bass boat or a new gun... Or a new whatever or a new bass boat everything would be all I know none of you I'm just giving myself a hard time but that's the way we think if I if 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 I could just get someone to help me in you know this guy had had that belief for years and years and years and it hadn't helped him at all. And we have beliefs and we live in those beliefs and, and their and superstition. If I just had better this or better that, if I just had a different wife or a different husband or if I just had this or if I just had a boyfriend, then everything would be all right. If I just had a girlfriend, then everything would be all right. And everybody puts, and it's all, it's just superstition. It's just superstition. I, I always, When we go to a restaurant, if I knock the salt over, I always throw the salt over my shoulder. Not because I believe it has anything. I just think it's funny. But you know what? That's all superstition. Believing that if I just had a hold of something else in this world, then everything would be all right. That's a superstition as stupid as throwing salt over your shoulder. It's just done. It's superstition. And this guy's belief had not helped him at all. And there was no way out. And truth is, sometimes we don't even want out. We like it where we are. We've been in this place so long and it's become so comfortable to us that we don't know what we would do if we weren't like the way we are. I've had this sin, or I've had this habit so long, or I've thought this way for so long. It's just the way I think, and to think of anything else would just be too hard to imagine. And Jesus asks this guy, and it seems like Jesus asks all these questions, and it seems like the best question, but it seems like a ridiculous question. Doesn't it seem like a ridiculous question? The guy's an invalid. Would you like to be well? And we think, well, of course he would. But you know what sometimes when we get down in the life when we get down in the in the misery of our life the truth is we don't really want to get out because that would require us doing something different they say lots of times that people when they've been in prison for years and years and years when they let people out they don't know how to adjust to not being told what to do every hour of the day they can't, they, can't, they can't deal with it. They need to, they need to uh, have someone tell them where to go and what to do and how long you can do it and everything. And, and it's just easier. And that's why lots of times prisoners will do something to get put back in prison because it's just easier there. I'm really accustomed to this. And Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Do you understand the, 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 the what, what's going to happen? If he gets well, he's going to have to go to work If he gets well he's going to have to become part of society if he gets well he can't lay in the porch by the pool every day and feel sorry for himself he's going to have to get up because that society if you were able to work you were going to work and he's going to have to leave all that behind nobody's going to give him any money his excuse is going to be gone and we love excuses don't we don't you love excuses don't you love it when you have a good excuse? When somebody asks you to do something and, you're, and you really don't want to do it and you think in the back of your mind and you think, oh, I have a good excuse. We love excuses, don't we? We've always got a million excuses and, 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 and if this guy gets healed, then there's no more excuses. His shortcomings are gone and he has no more things to, to worry about and we are so good at excuses. We, we even empower our children to become excuse makers. I have a favorite all-time excuse that I use all the time. Somebody like, somebody, we, I used it the other day. We was at a Sunday school meeting, and they said, okay, we're going to do this thing like six months from now, and they was wondering if I'd help them with it. And I said, no, I've got a funeral that day. <laughs> that's, what, that's what pastors, that's their pastor's excuse. Well. I don't know if I have a funeral that day, but who's going to argue with that? And people will go, oh, yeah, okay. And then they'll go, how do you know? You know, that's an old pastor excuse. But we love, we love excuses. And if you're not careful, you empower your children. They learn it quick about the old excuse. And when they're a little bitty and they're acting out and you say, oh, well, you're just a baby. You know your kids and learn that? Oh, well, boys will be boys. Yeah, criminals, if you let them go. Oh, well, they're only three years old. Put down that butcher knife. (laughs) They'll kill you in your sleep. That's why God don't make them big. I'm telling you, you think I'm crazy, but if they were big, we'd all be dead. Why? And we empower them. Oh, well, you know he's redheaded so he's got a bad temper sean no did i say that out loud i'm sorry how many times have you heard that and you're you're, there's nothing to it maybe i don't know i'll ask brooke but well he's redheaded he's just you know his daddy had a temper like that (laughs) his mother was that way and they hear that and they're like well, hey Why don't you say, hey, quit being like that? But we we love to make excuses. We love the excuses. If this guy gets healed, the excuses are gone. He's got no more excuses. He's got no more excuses for not being and doing a job. He's got no more excuses for not being part of society. All the excuses are gone. And when Jesus comes and works in our life, he takes away all the excuses, and we don't like it because we like having the excuses well I you know I had, I had things go on in my childhood that you don't know about I believe that someone did something to me and hurt me sometime and, and, and I just can't get over it okay I believe that you have no idea what goes on in my home and stuff. yes I know I believe that I also believe in a savior that can save us I have a problem with alcoholism, and, and my body's just made that way, and, and if I drink, and I, and I have to have, my body just craves it. I understand, I believe that. Do I understand that? No, but I believe that. Drugs are just something that I have to have. My, I just can't function without them, and I have to have them. If I don't have them, I don't think I'm going to be able to get along. I believe that. Do you want to get well? I've been like this my whole life, and I, and, I, and I don't think that I can ever change. I've just been like this. I've had a bad temper my whole life, or I've been negative, or whatever, my whole life. And, and do you want to get well? That's what Jesus is saying. Do you want, do you even want to, or do you just want to live with the excuses? Okay? So I just want everybody to know this morning, this is preaching right at me, Okay? Because I've got excuses. And if something happens here, then the excuses are, are gone. And we blame all of our hurt, we blame, blame the way we act on all of our hurts or habits or ailments, and that becomes our identity. I had a bad home life, or we were poor, or we were rich, or whatever. Whatever. The place where I work is like this and they just drag me into it. Or the kids at school are like this and they just drag me, drag me into it. I'm just weak. Do you want to get well? And I think this is the way Jesus asked it. Okay, do you want to get well? I'm just asking. Because Jesus is saying, because I can do that. I can make you well, but do you want to? And I think he's saying that to everybody here this morning that has something in their life that has become your identity, that you have a sin or a habit or something that is dragging you down and keeping you from being what God would have you to be. And Jesus is walking up and down through the aisles this morning. The Holy Spirit says, okay, do do you want to get well? Because I can do that. If you believe and trust in me, I can take whatever it is, whatever has happened to you. Because believe me, whatever has happened to you, someone else, it has happened to them. And God has got them out of that. And whatever it is, God can get you out and deliver you from it. I promise you. You say, well, pastor, you don't know what happens to me. I don't care. God can fix it. I know he can. You know how I know? Because he gives this guy four impossible commands. Get up. That's impossible. These legs don't work. And when I say God can take whatever your excuse is and fix it, in your mind you're thinking, no, he can't. My God does the impossible things. He asked this guy to do four impossible things, and he was able to do every one of them because once your legs don't work, they don't work anymore. Once you've been like that for 38 years, your muscles get into, at, what's it called? Some Huh? Atrophy. You don't use your muscles for a long time. They get into Atrophy. And then when you start to use them, so this guy, not only if if God heals him, makes him able to walk, his muscles are going to, they're not going to work. It's an impossible thing. Atrophy has set into my left knee. I didn't even know it. First of the year, I thought, I'm going to exercise. I know, it's funny. Just just picture that. Let's all laugh. (laughs) Okay, back to serious. So... I had this, had this thing that Luke had that you're supposed to burn a bunch of calories. Well, sometime in the last 10 years, my knee quit working. And I didn't know it. I started to do this exercise and my knee went... And I was like, what happened to you? You quit on me. This thing is never going to get any better. I might get it a little bit stronger, but it's always going to be... It's just knee rubbing. It's just... Unless I get a new one... It ain't going to get no better. And that's my excuse. (laughs) I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't exercise. (laughs) My knee hurts. I went to the doctor this week. He says, you got arthritis in your back. I'm going to go home and lay in bed the rest of my life. I'm done, you know. Well, I'm not going to let that identify me. Try to work. Through that, somehow or another, but we let these things identify us, and God wants to come, but He won't be able to unless we let go of the excuses. God, I, listen, I want you to listen this morning. Oh God. I, wish, I want you to hear the Holy Spirit today. He tells him, get up. That's impossible. It's impossible. But he got up. Pick up your bed. It's impossible. That can't happen. He did it. And then he says, walk. It's impossible. It can't happen. But he did it. You know what the fourth thing he told him to do that I think we think is more impossible than anything else? He said, quit sinning. Quit sinning. And you may not have any physical ailments this morning, but when Jesus says quit sinning, we all have something in our life that we think there's no way that God will ever be able to help me quit this. There's no way that god's going to be able to get me over this I I can believe that guy can walk. I can believe that guy could pick up his mat I can believe that guy can get up but when jesus says to quit sinning. I just can't believe that I can't believe that god would say that he that he through him. I can have the power to quit sinning But the word says jesus said it so it has to be true The word says that no matter what's going on in your life, Jesus speaks to this guy and he would never tell somebody something they can't do because he's already said get up and he got up. He said pick up and he picked up and he says walk and he walked. And so this shouldn't be impossible either. He's already done three impossible things. He wouldn't end it with one that was impossible but through god it was possible that he got up it was possible that he picked up it was possible that he walked and it was possible that he could live a life without sin it's we don't have to keep sinning but the pull of sin is so strong on us and and so so strong in our bodies and and our bodies just want to to sin and that's and we think there's no way i can be delivered from it i've got good news for you this morning people jesus says you can be Jesus says you can stop sinning. Jesus says you don't have to be held by the habits of your life, that you don't have to be held by the circumstances that may have happened years ago or the circumstances that are holding you today or something that even happened this morning. But he asks you, do you want, do you want to be done with that? Or do you want to keep your excuse? Because I may want to use this again someday. I like I like having this and you say oh pastor you're weird mm, no we're that way and we know that if we believe him that we won't have this excuse anymore we won't have anything to fall back on because we have gone down we've prayed and we believed and, and we'd rather hold on to the excuse than we would to be healed We'd rather have the excuse because then we can use it over and over again. You know the expiration date on an excuse never goes out? We all know people who have used the same excuse for years and years and years. And we hold on to them. I think I'll keep this because I may need it again someday. Jesus gets rid of the excuses. He wants to stand. Lance come. We've all at some time or are right now imprisoned by sin, we're controlled by sin, our identity is sin. And Jesus is asking you this morning, will you just give that to me? And he's saying to you very clearly this morning, do you want to get well? Because if you do, you're going to have to give that up. We're not going to, that's not going to be part of it anymore. Well, this happened a long time ago. Okay, we're done with that. Well, my mom did this to me. Well, we're done with that. Well, my dad was this way. Well, we're done with that. Well, I, I have this uh, habit. Well, we're done with that. Do you want to get well? But, but, well, I, no buts. Do you want to get well? I'm to tell you this morning, some of you are bound by some stuff. And this morning, you could leave here without it. Stuff that you've carried for years. And you could just be free of it and never use it as an excuse the rest of your life if you just let the Lord have it today. The Lord's asked, he told the guy, get up, pick up, walk, sin no more. He's asking you four questions this morning. Do you want to get well? Step out. Come to the altar and quit sinning. Is he speaking that to anybody this morning? If he is, come as we sing. Lance, lead us this morning.